0: and welcome to this episode of Introduction to English Linguistics. In today's episode, we'll be looking at words and phrases. First, we'll start at looking at word classes, something that you might have called parts of speech in the past. And then, we'll go on to look at how words combine with each other to make phrases. The vogla scoobs climbed cribbly in the winter Huh? the voglas coobs plied cribbly in the witterfly. Now if that sentence sounds odd to you it's because I made up most of the words. The voglas coobs plied cribbly in the witterfly. What's a coob and what's a witterfly? You've never heard those words because like I said I made them up. Now. If you had to think of the different word classes you already know, like nouns, verbs, adjectives, adverbs, what would you guess they are? Coobs and Wittify, as in the voglas coobs plied cribbly in the Wittify. If you say noun, you're absolutely correct. Now, in the past, in your primary school for example, you might have learned that the noun is the name of a person, place or thing. And that's what we call the semantic qualification of a noun or the semantic classification. However, the semantic classification is not the only thing we can use to identify different word classes. So let's look at cubes and witify and see what can help us figure out that these are indeed nouns. Let's start with cubes. Now we can guess that kubes has a plural s on it. So as in the vergless cubes, And that's a feature of only nouns. Only nouns can have a plural s. That has to do with the form of the word or the morphological things around the word. Because remember we said that s is a morpheme, plural s is a morpheme. So kubes would be a noun based on a morphological classification meaning that nouns can take plural s. Other word classes cannot have plural s, just nouns. So that would be one hint. Another hint that we could look at would be where in the sentence coobs and witify occur. So let's look at witify first. Witify occurs after the word the. We know that Nouns occur after determiners such as the or an or a. So in this case, wittify is occurring after the and so what we have here is an example of a syntactic qualification or syntactic classification. Something about the location of the word in the sentence that tells us what it is. But what about cubes? Hoops doesn't occur directly after the determiner. There's a word in between, and that word is vergless. We'll come back to vergless in a minute, but we can be pretty sure that it's an adjective. And another thing that can come before a noun is adjectives. Um, Adjectives can't just come before verbs, for example. You can't just say the blue swam, yeah? You can't do that. So adjectives have to come before nouns, if they come before something. And so those would be a syntactic classification, okay, of nouns. So we have two things, a morphological and a syntactic classification for nouns. Okay, so now let's listen to our sentence again. The Vogler's cubes climbed cribbly in the Wittify. We already started talking about the word vergless, so let's return to it. We just said that it was an adjective, but how do we know that? Well, you remember in the previous sessions that we had in class that we looked at all the different types of morphemes that can work for adjectives and one of them was less for example, like hopeless, and here we see vergless. It doesn't matter that we don't know what vergless means. We know it's an adjective because of the ending. So that's a morphological hint. That's a morphological classification point. But we also know it's an adjective because of where it's located in the sentence. Adjectives can come before nouns, as in it does here, or if they can come after verbs. So we could say the cubes were vergless. Again, it doesn't matter that we don't know what cubes or verglesses are. It just depends on where the words are in the sentence. So that would be the syntactic classification for adjectives. Okay. Now, you're going to hear me say this quite a lot in the coming weeks, so get used to it. All sentences must have a verb. And so this is a sentence. Where do you think the verb is? The vergless cubes plimed cribbly in the witterfly. If you say plimed is the verb, you're absolutely correct. But how do you know? Well, let's look for morphological hints. If we look at the word plimed, we'll see that there's an ed ending and we know that this ed ending is the past tense ending. And this past tense ending can only be attached to verbs only verbs in English are marked for the past tense so climbed must be a verb because of this morphological ending there are of course other morphological endings for verbs which you would remember the other inflectional morphemes so we can see she climbs beautifully where we would have a third person s or she was climbing where we would there have the continuous aspects happening Okay, so those are the other morphological clues for verbs. Um, But of course, we can also have syntactic classification points for verbs. And that is that verbs often occur in the second position in the English sentence. English has a very strict word order of subject, verb, object. And so, in the sentence, the Vuggler's clue is primed, cribbly, in the Witterfly. I can't say my own sentence, how embarrassing. Um the voglas cubes is the subject and climbed is there the verb okay so there you have verbs now i'm not going to do all the word classes so maybe you can in your own time think of what would be some morphological and syntactic rules or classification points for adjectives, determiners, and prepositions, and we'll talk about them when we meet again. So that's the end of what I'd like to see about word classes. Okay, so now let's have another sentence. The fat man swims in the pool every morning. Now if you think of this sentence, I'm sure you can divide it into different parts. So take a second and try to divide the sentence into, let's say, three different parts. Are you done? Maybe you came up with, the fat man swims in the pool every morning. That would be three parts. What about if I asked you to divide it into four parts? You might come up with the fat man swims in the pool every morning. So the fat man is one part swims is another part In the pool is another part And every morning is another part. And, what about just two parts? You might have the fat man swims in the pool every morning. So the fat man is one part and swims in the pool every morning is another part. Or, you might have The fat man swims in the pool as one part and every morning as another part. What you would not have if I had just asked you to divide the sentence into two parts is the fat man swims in the as one part and pool every morning as another part. Or if I had asked you to do it in three parts, you would not have said the fat man swims in as one part, the pool every as one part and morning as another part. Because the constituents have to be long together and we sort of have an instinctive idea of which constituents can go together. But sometimes it's not so easy to tell, so we also have tests that we can do to show that a group of words really is a constituent and that those words belong together. So we're going to do some of them right now. The first one is pronominalization and in pronominalization a word or a phrase or a constituent is replaced by a pronoun or something functioning like a pronoun. So let's look again at our sentence, the fat man swims in the pool every morning. We can replace the fat man with just he, yeah so we can say he swims in the pool every morning and we therefore know that the fat man is one constituent. We can also say Um, We can replace in the pool with there. So we can say the fat man swims there every morning. So we've replaced it now with there, that pronoun. Um, And so we know that in the pool is one constituent. We can say that the fat man swims in the pool then. And now we've got rid of every morning and replaced it with then. So again, we have a constituent. But we can also say, the fat man swims in the pool every morning, and the skinny woman does so too. And whenever we can say, does so too about something, we can say that that entire thing that could be replaced. So we don't say that the skinny woman swims in the pool every morning too. We just say the skinny woman swims in the pool, the fat man swims in the pool every morning, the skinny woman does so too. So because of this, we sort of know that swims in the pool every morning is one whole constituent and does so, is functioning as a pronominalization or pronominizing form. Okay, so that's pronominalization. The second type of test we can do is a test of movement. Now, English has a very strict word order, so whereas in some languages, it's really easy to move constituents around, you can't do that very much in English, but you can move some um, constituents around. So let's take, for example, the constituent every morning. We can put that at the very start of the sentence, so we can say, every morning, the fat man swims in the pool, so we know that's a constituent. what we can say, the fat man swims every morning in the pool. So, again, we've moved that around. Um, we can say, every morning in the pool, the fat man swims. Again, we've moved those things around. So, if we can move something around, we know that that's constituent. If we can't move something around, so, for example, let's just take every. We know that every and morning have to go together because if we just said Every the fat man swims in the pool morning, that would be weird. It wouldn't be right. Um, that would be against the rules of English. So, you know, every and morning have to go together. Okay, so that's movement. When we move a constituent from one place to another to show that, yes, it belongs together. The other thing we can do is we can do a test of coordination to show that something similar um. Is functioning just like this and so this must be a constituent. So let's start with the fat man. If I say the fat man and the skinny woman now we have two similar looking things and we have the idea then that yes the fat man is indeed a constituent. If I say the fat man swims in the pool every morning and every evening, there again, I've done a coordination test and coordinated every morning with every evening. And there now we can see that every morning is indeed a constituent. If I say the fat man swims in the pool or in the lake, um, I can therefore show that in the pool is a constituent separate from swims because it's in the pool or in the lake. Okay, so there we have that coordination test again. Um, And you can do that with lots of different things. You can try it out yourself, um, even if you want to make a really large constituent. So the fat man swims in the pool every morning and runs in the park every evening. There we have the same structure, um, but now on a larger level, but it now shows that swims in the pool every morning is itself a constituent. And within it, we have even smaller constituents. The final test we can do, the final constituency test we can do, I like to call the question of an answer test. Because what we do is we ask a question and we get an answer for it. And that would show us that the answer would be the um, constituent. Now in the book they call it the fragment test. You can call it whatever you like once you know how to do the test. So let's start with the fat man. If we ask ourselves the question, who? swims in the pool every morning, our answer is the fat man. There we have a constituent. Um, If we ask the question, what does the fat man do in the pool every morning? And we just say, swims. We know that that is a constituent, just swims. But we can also say, what does the fat man do every morning? And we can say, he swims in the pool. Okay, or just swims in the pool for our fragment. There we have our constituent, swims in the pool. Or we can say, what does the fat man do in the pool every morning, swims? Sorry, I said that already. But we can also say, when does the fat man swim in the pool? Every morning. And there we have another constituent. Okay, so where we can ask these questions, the answer, the fragment that gives us our answer is indeed a constituent.